Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Ang mga adik, meron bang adik sa inyo? Nakita mo? Avoid the streets. Pag nadampot ko kayo, patapon ko kayo dyan sa Manila Bay. In President Duterte's war on drugs, words were used as weapons to strike fear, rally support, and justify narrow-mindedness. Two words in particular were wielded powerfully by Duterte. But really, they had been in our casual vocabulary long before Duterte came to power. These words were so insidious that their mere mention got many people past any moral dilemma over Tokhang. From the highest levels of government to barangay alleys and in your own family gatherings, these words enabled people to look past even unfortunate deaths. Ang mga adik. Ilang yan kasi adik yan eh. Kumagamit yan, nagbibenta yan, adik yan. Naiilang ba ako? Baka mamaya sabihin lang, adik naman yung asawa mo. Rar, 3 million drug addict. Gumagamit yan. Pero alam kong gumagamit. Adik yan. Pusher yan. Oh, what else is there to say? Alam mo itong nagadruga. Ilang pamilya ang sinira ng mga animal na to. Kaya ako, pag pinatay ka, you're just a carcass to me. Para sa akin, aso ka. Hello, ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako po si Gideon Lasco, editor of Drugs and Philippine Society. This is episode 4 of season 2 of Tokhang sa Tokhang. And in this installment, pag-uusapan natin ang addict at ang pusher. As in the words themselves. And how those two words have been invoked with less and less nuance and yet greater, graver implications. Gideon, the first time I heard the word addict, I'm sure I was in grade school. Basta bata pa ako. Pag sinabing addict, ang pumapasok sa isip ko, payat, madungis, nasisiraan na ng bait, makasarili. Diba? Kung hindi man kontrabida, parang nasayang yung biktima, pabigat sa pamilya. It wasn't necessarily fear that the image evoked. More of kawawa. Kasi wala na, wala na mangyayari sa buhay niyan. Ikaw, you've been studying drug use and drug policy in the Philippines since 2011. Pero ikaw, long before you got into this, what was an addict to you? Ano ibig sabihin ng addict sa'yo? Probably not far from what you and most Filipinos have in mind, Robbie. Actually, there's a very personal story here about my first encounter of this word addict. I didn't live to see my lolo, my maternal grandfather. It was a very tragic family story that's been passed on to me. Pero ang highlight of that story is that the people who assaulted my grandfather were addicts. So from the very beginning, I had a very negative 
perception of, of addict, mamamatay tao, these are criminals. And if we look at Duterte and how he uses this word addict, sa totoo lang, it hits all the notes of how we ourselves, how our parents, elders, schools, religious leaders, and politicians, of course, have painted the addict for us from the very beginning. Actually, ang kawawa nito is, they are slaves. Mabuti pa ang slave. Kasi kung mabili mo sa African market, magamit mo pa sa trabaho mo. Ito, they are slaves eternally to a chemical sponsored by a criminal. So this is what we discussed in the last episode. Few people would be screwed and unfiltered, of course. But Duterte's attitude towards drug users, it's a sentiment that many people have imbibed. Whether they're aware of it or whether they acknowledge it or not, Napaka-negative ng tingin natin sa, sa addict. As in, the people who use drugs are victims, yes. But there's also this lingering perception that they're beyond redemption. Mm, in, in episode 2 of the season, we met Sharon, di ba? Yung barista sa Silingan Coffee. Siya yung namatayan ng kapatid na lalaki in 2017. Sharon says that prior to her brother dying, even she had pretty much the same view of drug users. Sa totoo lang, sir, dati, bulag din ako sa ganyan eh. Ano eh, yung kumbaga judgmental. Kasi para sa akin, dati, pag may napatay, ah, ilang yan kasi, adik yan eh. Kaso yung iba, pag sinabi yung droga, ang pangitan ng tingin ng tao kagad. Ah, ah, magamit yan, nagbebenta yan, adik yan. Yung mga ganun ba? This is the real power of words. Duterte often used adik, conflated with everything related to drug use. Which is to say, he didn't make any distinctions at all. Ang addict, hindi lang hopeless, but potentially salat sa lipunan, salat ng bayan, potential criminal. And not worth saving, not worth helping, and probably uh, the society is better off without them. Because the rest of society has had a simplistic image or even a caricature of addict. Basta sabihin lang niya, addict, tapos you can literally get away with the most inane and insane of messages. Hitler massacred 3 million Jews. There are 3 million drug addicts. I'd be happy to slaughter them. Ngayon, hindi na natin ginagamit in our language, eh, at least we advocate for, no, a, a change in the way we use words whenever we refer to people who use drugs. Meron na tayong tinatawag na person-first language. This is Dr. Lee Edson Yarcia. He is a medical doctor and a lawyer at the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. Dr. Lee works under the UN Joint Program for Human Rights towards a public health approach to drugs. In medicine, we do have a criteria based on evidence who are individuals with drug use dependencies or drug use disorders. And so, this is very important kasi dati, kapag may isang tao na gumagamit ng drugs, automatically, ang assumption ay meron ng sakit, meron ng mental disorder. But what we know right now is a vast majority of people who use drugs are not addicted, are not dependent. A vast majority of people who use drugs are not addicted or not dependent. Tama ba dinig ko, Gideon? Absolutely. People who use drugs are not necessarily addicted to them. So for me, we shouldn't be defining people based on their drug use. 
So these concepts, whether addiction or dependence, means that their ability to stop using drugs has been impaired specifically by the prefrontal cortex. There's some kind of brain pathology involved or some brain condition involved in addiction or drug dependence. So for people who are suffering from addiction, it feels like they've lost this freedom. They cannot make this decision for themselves. Again, I want to emphasize that this happens to a very small subset of people who use drugs. When you say very small subset, I mean, how small? I mean, how, how, how small a fraction are we talking about? Well, UNODC estimates that 90% of all drug use is non-problematic. The 90% applies here also? Yes. We do have our own surveys that show that there's many people who use drugs in the country. But we also have separate surveys that show a small proportion of people are requiring rehab. But basically what we're saying is that the vast majority, 90% of drug users, kahit tawagin mo pang addict, are actually clinically not dependent. Not, not at all. They know what they're doing. Here's Dr. Yersia again. Addict kasi is a very loaded term. no? It seems to remove personal autonomy, the ability to decide for oneself. And so even in medical parlance, we don't use addicts anymore no, to refer to uh, people with drug use disorder. So that's the more technical and a more human-centered language. No? People who use drugs, people who inject drugs. No? And so when we say someone has this disorder or someone has drug dependence or drug addiction, it's a diagnosis. But when we say addict with a K, addictian. Or even other terms, Robbie, like drugista and drug abuser as well. There's the insinuation that, well, it must be because they just want to get high. And they're hooked on that state of being high. But because our surveys show that most people who use drugs in the Philippines are not actually addict, we have to start asking ourselves, is getting high really their motivation? But we're so biased against drugs that the mere association of someone with these substances is enough for politicians mm-hmm. and for the public alike to label them as addict with all the other uh, loaded uh, connotations that the addict has in our society. Mm-hmm. Sharon, apart from saying that her brother didn't even use drugs, but she said, you know, it took his death to make her realize that not only that innocence could get caught in the crossfire of, of this reckless campaign, but also that even among drug users, we shouldn't be quick to judge, in sabi ni Sharon. Because, sabi niya nga, do we even know why people use drugs in the first place? Lahat niya may rason eh. Gumagamit yan kasi may nararamdaman sa katawan niya eh. Kasi minsan kapag nagdodroga yung iba, di nila nararamdaman. Halimbawa may sakit, di ko nararamdaman yung pain sa katawan ko kaya siya nagdodroga. Para lang hindi niya maramdaman yun. Di, kanya-kanya tayo ng reason kung bakit nangyayari yun eh. Everything has a reason, sabi ni Sharon. And everybody has their reasons. That's what she said. Her example was of people using drugs, for example, as painkillers. The implication being that they couldn't afford doctors or long-term treatments. And then she says, there are other reasons. Before there's a general perspective that you should either use or not use drugs, if you use drugs, then that's a crime or that's something of a sin or something that is morally objectionable. No? But with developments in many of our understanding of human interactions, social studies and ethnographies, 
we come to understand that drug use is not black and white, and we know contexts and reasons for that. And that point, Robbie, that point about removing the moral lens, is actually easier to appreciate when we look at other substances that are now widely used and widely accepted, even as they have remained regulated. Consider nicotine, for example, in smoking, or caffeine in coffee and other many other substances, energy drinks, Alcohol, of course, pharmacologically speaking, these are all drugs. They all have an ingredient, a substance that acts on on the body in ways that alter our sensation. And you still have traces of moralistic argumentation against smoking and alcohol. Mapapabarkada ka, wrong priorities yan, and so on and so forth. But the most powerful arguments to curb their consumption have not been morality. But science, health, economics, and sociology. Alcohol itself has been criminalized in the past. We had prohibition in the US. That didn't work. And those episodes only bred real crime and real violence in many countries. There was this entry in your book, Nadiba, in Drugs in Philippine Society, from the medical anthropologist and former chancellor of the University of the Philippines, Kiliman, Michael Tan. Just titled, I think, The Construction of Drug Addiction and the Addict. And there, Dr. Tan talks about cough syrup, which was widely used in the 70s and the late 90s for their sedative effect. Even something like cough syrup was demonized. So even the cough syrup became the target of moral panic. And I remember my mother, yung yaya ko, saying, oh, nakaka-addict yan. Nakaka-addict yan. And so on. And then you started to hear these stories of people who would supposedly buy cough syrup because it was a cheap drug. And it was legal, mm-hmm. among other things. And for me, that's one reminder that many of the drugs that are illegal are actually very similar to drugs that are used in a pharmacological sense. Is yung Adderall, which is a treatment for ADHD. It contains amphetamine, which is very related to methamphetamine, which is shabu. If we look at history, mm. uh, even methamphetamine was a cough treatment to the 20th mm. century. Yes. Mm, I didn't know that. Yes. And mm. cannabis as well. And that's also in the book that I edited. Jose Rizal mm. tried cannabis. In a pharmacy, it was widely available before as a treatment for also various uh, things. And even now, there's a, a legitimate movement that's trying to make medical marijuana available. But of course, ang pinaka point dito sa pagbagit natin sa cough syrup is that people were demonized, diba? People who were using this, maybe they were experimenting, they were maybe they were legitimately facing problems in their lives. Uh, and they were looking for something as an escape. But certainly to demonize them to a point of even legitimizing their killing or even their arrest, their their punishment, this is something that is very extreme and completely unreasonable. It's fascinating that you made that link between cough syrup and methamphetamine, no, and, and amphetamine. I didn't I didn't know that that there was that history there. And it's ironic because right now meth and in particular in the Philippines, Shabu. It's the most evil. Diba? It's even a notch higher than saying somebody's an addict. Pagkasi nab mong Shabu user. Yes. Iba. Diba? I- iba, yung, iba yung connotation. Mm. 
But even in Shabu, Olivier Lermay, that's a senior policy advisor in the Philippines of the UN Office of Drugs and Crime, the UNODC that you mentioned kanina. Sinabi niya, people have to get past the emotional rhetoric of politicians and and actually look at the data on this. We have to look at facts, right? At the evidence. For instance, if we take 100 persons that are using Shabu, roughly about 10 of them have a real drug problem, right? 90%, the rest, are just easily handled uh, in a voluntary community low threshold approach, community-based form of treatment. If you have someone in your family that has a mental health issues or a drug problem, suddenly you start to realize that the response is not uh, meeting the need of uh, the individual. And why do we have that approach? Because of that prevalent stigma, right? Just a way to call uh, people an addict, a junkie. That way of categorizing a person is already uh, defining the person by his or her behavior. The idea is to try to help the person have a more health-seeking behavior. What has always worked is understanding. Taking time to understand why people do it and proceeding from there. We actually heard a lot of that in Season 1 of Tokang sa Tokang. Particularly if I remember our episode where we spoke with mothers. A lot of them acknowledged na their husbands, their sons, their relatives, yung mga natokhang. A lot of them didn't shy away from that and admitted na they were, in fact, drug users. Hindi naman siya tulak. Pero alam kong gumagamit. Alam kong gumagamit. Sasabi ko siya ito to ma'am, nagdidinda si Marlon, pero ang pantawid gutom. Alam mo yung iba, ginagamit nila yan para sumipag. Ginagamit niya sa trabaho niya sa pag-guardia sa Maynila. Panggabi siya. Walang papasok siya ngayon. Linggo ngayon, di ba? Martis ang uwi niya uli. Hindi niya ginagamit yun. So simple lang naman yung sinasabi nila eh. They are not bad people. In fact, they're trying to be good. They are trying to provide for their families and for themselves. But you know what's really tragic? When we don't listen to what they're saying, bad policies will in fact hurt them and society even more because we will treat victims as criminals and we will use weapons instead of tools. We've been invested in prisons as a default response for people who use drugs, no? And that has really created, as we've seen, um, some problems. The underlying premise there is that tinitingnan mo ang paggamit ng uh, drugs as a moral issue. Kaya kinukulong mo. Uh, and the idea behind it is that you're using prisons and jails as tools no, to correct or change behaviors. Right now, the evidence shows that it's more voluntary and community-based spaces that are really addressing uh, more of the harms that are relevant for communities with uh, drug use involvement. It's time that we expand our toolkit, not just looking at it from a criminal justice perspective, but even really primarily looking at it from a public health perspective. And from a very human level, the word addict has taken all of us so far away from that perspective. 
ironically, these are things victims cannot say out loud. The stigma is so powerful, they cannot even plead their case, precisely because nabansagan na silang addict. As we said at the start, it stops all debate and argument. They are silenced. We are silenced. Even victims lose moral standing to demand justice or even to claim support and subsidy from government after their households lose their breadwinners. Like ito, si Nanay Imelda. Napatay yung asawa niya sa Tokhang in February 2017. Nasa binangonan ako kasi nag-alaga ako ng bata. Nagulat na lang ako. May tumawag sa akin na Sabi nga, binaril daw yung asawa ko. Sabi ko, bakit babarilin? Pero alam kong gumagamit. Alam kong gumagamit. And when they lost their provider, sabi na na Imelda, they needed a lot of help. And yet she couldn't bring herself to even approach their local officials who were offering help. Because the stigma of having been in the same household as a drug user, kasama ng addict, the stigma was actually more powerful than her desperation for welfare. Wala. Isang beses lang akong pumunta sa City Hall. Binigyan ako ng tulong para dun sa libingan at sa lapida. Yun lang. Least malaking bagay na yun. They were so poor long before Tokhang that they were actually in government's 4Ps or the Conditional Cash Transfer Program. That's the welfare program for the poorest of the poor. And yet she felt so ostracized, she stopped claiming even from the 4Ps, even from the Conditional Cash Transfer. Yun lang, hindi ako nanghingi. Hindi ako nanghingi sa mga kagrupo ko. Sa so 4Ps, hindi, hindi na ako humingin tulong kasi naiilang ba ako. Baka mamaya sabihin, layadik naman yung asawa mo. Ba't tutulungan pa? Doon ako nagaano. Hindi sa pinangunguna ako sila, kaya lang may mga tao kasing nanguhusga. Doon ako umiiwas. Bukod doon sa ano niyan, wala na. Wala. Walang tulong akong nakuha. Hindi na rin ako lumapit sa ibang mga konsihal. Hindi na. Yun lang. What a shame and a tragedy. We've been talking about how the word addict stops many of us from thinking, from processing, from understanding. And in the case of Nana Imelda, it actually stopped her from engaging with government. She withdrew from her own community. Hindi man lang siya yung user. This is actually the simplest point. But because of the stigma of words, one of the hardest to bring across. Kahirapan lang talaga ang ugat ng lahat. At ang tunay na sagot sa droga, both the use and the peddling, is kung ano man ang sagot sa kahirapan. It's not a coincidence that those barangays are also very poor urban communities. Instead of waging a so-called war on drugs in these very poor communities, shouldn't we be providing economic opportunities for people? Diba? Shouldn't we be providing more educational opportunities for young people so that they don't have to be tambays and instead they're in school? The people I've interviewed, Robbie, in my research, 
tell me that they're so willing to let go of using shabu if only there's opportunities for them. Ang tawag nila, pagbabagong buhay. And they're very willing. I've met people who have done this. Na nagkaroon ng, naipasok sa isang, for example, conductor ng bus. And then tinigil na niya kasi ayaw daw niyang mapahiya siya sa kanyang tito na nagpasok sa kanya sa, sa hanap buhay na yon. No choice sila eh. Kumbaga, kahit magkano sila dyan ng basura, hindi sapat eh. Kung nabibigyan nilang nila ng sapat na tulong yung mga mahihirap, hindi naman mangyayari yun. Hindi mangyayari. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako po si Gideon Lasco. If you find value in our conversation and in this series of Tokhang sa Tokhang, please do share this with a friend. Subscribe to Tokhang sa Tokhang and follow Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or kung saan man kayo Puma Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 